In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to give kind of the story of this gospel very quickly. Essentially what's going on in this gospel reading is that John has his disciples and they're baptizing people. Jesus has his disciples and they're baptizing people. John's disciples get jealous that Jesus is baptizing more people than John is. So they have this kind of these two groups that are baptizing people that are coming to them. More are going to Jesus and to John. John's disciples are jealous because they belong to the group of John. There's, that's this idea. There's this faction among the, those who are baptizing. On behalf of John, they get jealous. And so they go to him and they say, everybody's going to Jesus. Aren't you going to do something about it? They're kind of suggesting to him, trying to tell him, do something about this. Don't allow so many people to go to him. Grab them for yourself. Why do they do that? Because they're being possessive. Because they're being jealous. It's because they're using these people as followers, as numbers that get to increase their relativity. They're using these people as numbers, as things, that's going to somehow raise their status. And John is the figurehead of all of it. Even he is not a person for them. But John, in response to them, he sees right through it and he cuts right through it, John the Baptist. And he says a line that I think can be and should be applied everywhere and I think can be a really good basis for a very good spiritual a Christian life. In response to them, he says, no one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. No one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. That means, he's saying, this is not about you and me. This has nothing to do with you and I. It's not about how many followers I have. It's not about how many people I'm baptizing. It's not about my popularity. And he goes on to say the same thing. I'm just the one who prepares the way for the bridegroom. I'm just the one that's getting people ready for Christ. I'm not the Christ. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. Being merely the friend of Christ is enough for me. That's where my joy is. My, my joy is now full. He must increase and I must decrease. Why? Because John understands his role. He understands his vocation. His vocation is to prepare the way for Christ. And when his vocation is fulfilled, he is fulfilled. And therefore he rejoices. He's not taking over. He's not trying to dominate. He's not trying to claim something that doesn't belong to him because he understands everything, no one has anything that, that is not given to him from heaven. Everything comes from God. Let's go backwards in the Bible a lot. Let's go to the very beginning. Adam is created in the Garden of Eden. And God, among many other things that he says to Adam, God says to Adam, have dominion over the land and over the animals. And he gives him the authority to name the animals and to take care of the garden. Adam is to be Lord over all the earth, over all of creation that God has made. Not in himself. He is to be Lord on behalf of God. He is exercising God's authority over creation. That was the vocation of Adam. 
But he blew it, obviously. He didn't take care of the garden. He allowed the snake in and he allowed the snake to speak to his wife and he allowed the snake to convince his wife to eat of the fruit, the one thing that God told him not to do. So he blew it. Why did he blow it? For many reasons. Among them, among them, he no longer saw himself as Lord in place of God. If he did, he would have been more responsible. No one is given anything. No one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. I say this, and I gave, and I gave you that story from Adam and Eve for this reason. You and I, and everything that we have, and every aspect about our lives, and everything that has anything to do with us, is given us from heaven. We are stewards of the things of our lives. We are stewards of our lives themselves. We are stewards of our situation. We are stewards of everything that we have. Nothing belongs to us. Everything belongs to God. God entrusts all things to us. Everything that we have is entrusted to us by God for us to be stewards over. Just like Adam was entrusted by God with creation, so are we entrusted by God with our lives, with people around us, and with everything that has anything to do with us. Nothing, though, belongs to us, and therefore we actually possess nothing in ourselves. Everything belongs to God. This is why sins, even sins against ourselves that no one else is involved in, is an offense to God, because we belong to God. When we sin against ourselves, certainly when we sin against others, and most certainly when we sin against God, when we sin even against ourselves alone, we are offending God because we belong to God. We are not our own. So if everything, in that, everything that we have, everything that we are, is given to us from heaven, and we are responsible for it because we are stewards, they are entrusted to us, that should change the way we look at everything. That should change the way we see everything about our lives. Because now, I'm not my own. And whatever I have, I need to be a little bit more, actually a lot more, responsible over. Because one day I'll have to answer to God with what God has given to me, with what God has entrusted to me, which really belongs to Him. I'm going to give three examples. What belongs to us? What do we have that is given to us as a stewardship? What do we have that is given to us that we are to be responsible over, but that doesn't, that we don't possess ourselves, that really belongs to God? First, let's say our bodies. Our bodies are not our own. So in the culture around us, especially in regards to the abortion question, my body, my choice. No, it's not your body and therefore not your choice. We don't belong to ourselves. Our bodies is not something that we possess for ourselves. It's in, they're entrusted to us. We don't own them. And one day, we'll have to give them back to God. And we'll have to answer to God for what we've done with them. And it's unfortunate that we abuse our bodies. In the culture today, there's abuse of the body going on all over the place. Whether it's drugs and alcoholism or it's sexually explicit sins, or it's vanities, or it's gluttony, or it's self-abuse in some form or another, or even if it's obsession with the body, which is a different form of possession. But possession, All these things is an abuse of the thing that God has entrusted to us, not so that we possess them and do with them whatever we feel like, 
but that we take care of them on his behalf because we're stewards over them. Another example of this would be our tongue, our mouths. What we do with the speech that God is, the power of speech that God has given to us because that doesn't belong to us either. It's something that God gives to us as a gift to be stewards over and to be responsible for and to do something good with on his behalf. But so often we use our tongues that God gives to us and entrusts us with. So often we use our tongues to slander people and to gossip and to lie and to destroy people's reputations and to break the trust of other people and to name it and we can say it to curse and to blaspheme and to do all these things with the tongues that God has given to us to praise Him with. Or, people that are around us. Something, that, something else that God entrusts us with. Whether it's a spouse or children, whether it's parents or whether it's siblings or whether it's friends or cousins or whatever you want to say. People that are co-workers, people that are around us are entrusted to us by God for us to dignify, for us to respect. They don't belong to us and we can't use people as a means to another end. This is why we, the Catholic Church teaches us that we have to give all human beings, every single one of them, the dignity that is owed to them because God is the one that gives it to them. We don't decide how, digni how dignified somebody is. We don't get to decide how valuable somebody is. God decides that. And he showed us how much every human being is worth when he shed his blood for every human being, even the ones that you and I get annoyed with. Brothers and sisters, I, I only gave three examples and I can give many, many, many more. But I want you to give many, many more. I want you to, to go home and think about really what this means. That nothing, no one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. You and I have, don't have anything that is not given to us by God and entrusted to us by God to be responsible over. This is what Jesus means with the parable of the talents in another part of the gospel, in the gospel of Matthew. With the parable of the talents, these things are given by the master and one day we're going to have to show account for what we've done with the things that God has given us. This includes every single thing and this is why John the Baptist says it the way he does. John does well and let us imitate him. John does well by referring to Christ, by knowing his place, by knowing what his role is and not going beyond it because he's not being possessive over the things that God has given to him. Let us imitate him and refer ourselves to Jesus and know that it is enough for us to be friends with the bridegroom, to have been given so much by the Christ that he may increase even if it means that we decrease. Amen.